Welcome to the Grit to Greatness podcast. Thanks for tuning in and making your choice to win. This is the show where we not only motivate and inspire, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to greatness. And now, here's your host, Chuck Farmer. Hello, Grit to Greatness listeners. Very excited to have you today. It's a great summer so far. It's as hot as fire, and it may be even hotter out where our guest today is. He's out in Arizona, but we'll get to him in just a second. Glad to have you. Appreciate you joining us today. If you haven't already, be sure and join our Facebook group. We have a Grit to Greatness Facebook group, and you can join there and share uh, your thoughts and comments about the episode from time to time. I'll ask for your feedback and might do a poll or two, so be sure and join that. We're very excited to have a very special guest with us today. His name is Jeff Becker. And he is a peak performance coach. I'm so excited to have him on. You've heard me talk lately a lot about coaching um, and how important it is. I was one of those for years that thought, oh, I don't need a coach. Man, I have taken a 180, Jeff, on that. And I'm just talking a lot about coaching and trying to get it out there, how we all need to have a coach. Um, um, I have coaches that are helping me with my Spartan racing, my obstacle course races. And they hit me the first time and said, even the most elite athletes have coaches. And I'm sure you can attest to that today. So great to have you with us but again he's a peak performance coach he works with collegiate and professional athletes coaching staffs teams the whole uh, department and teams that he works with both collegiate and professional that's really cool he helps them to optimize their performance and he's going to talk about that today with us he's a published author and he's the lead skills coach for nba all-star chris paul and his cp3 all-american camps that's really cool um, I'm a huge uh, basketball fan, so that's really cool to hear that he's a, a part of that. And he lives with his wife, Brooke, there in Scottsdale, Arizona, one of my favorite cities. Welcome, Jeff. Appreciate you being on. Chuck, great to greatness listeners. I'm pumped and ready to go. Uh, humbled and appreciative. And uh, hey, let's see where the conversation takes us, man. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And so, first of all, you know, you're not just a coach. You're a peak performance coach. Tell us a little bit about what that means. Oh, man. Yeah, so basketball is my background. I've, I've been uh, on the court for pretty much my whole life. And then once I kind of got into this world, we can go into that if we want to. But uh, peak performance coach, I really didn't even know what it was three years ago when I started this. And uh, But it's pretty much peak performance coach, mental performance coach, sometimes people say is pretty much is – we and especially in the athletic world, they work so hard on their physical skill sets. They work so hard on uh, dribbling a basketball or throwing a football or hitting a baseball or softball. But to optimize and reach optimal peak performance, how do you do that if you only work on the physical skill sets? And so and even in life, we work so hard on the job skills. We work so hard on making the calls and you know our pitch on the sales, but if we don't work on the mindset, the discipline, the grit, the mental toughness, um, you know, the, the focus and awareness, we just leave optimal peak performance to chance. And so my job in, in, in this world is how do we, you know, again, you work so hard on the job skills, you work so hard on the physical skill sets. My job is to try to magnify the the mental performance aspect so then we can reach optimal peak performance uh, at an increased rate i would say wow that's awesome man that's great and so true i mean i have uh, again 
we were talking about before this, that there's several things that I've really taken 180 on here late in my life. And one of them is, is this coaching thing, but also that mindset you're talking about. I'm actually reading two books right now. One's by John Acuff about soundtracks. And he talks about how we have soundtracks in our minds that we listen to. And unfortunately, most of them are negative, that our mind tends to move towards the negative side. And we listen to negative soundtracks all the time about how we can't do this. We can't do that. Um, and then there's one by Craig Groeschel, Winning the War in Your Mind. And both of those kind of test that. So I'm really into this right now. So I appreciate you being on to share that. Tell us a bit more about, you know, do you feel that that's the case that people really tend to have negative thoughts and that they need to have people like you to help remind them that they need to have positive thoughts and kind of maybe give some examples of some of the things you do with your athletes? Um, yes. The short answer is, do I think that there's a need for a coach? Uh, yes. I have an individual therapist. I have, me and my wife still have a couple of therapists. Um, I have an individual coach as well. Uh, I go to, I still have men's groups that I try to do once, once a month. Um, nothing in my life is quote unquote uh, on the verge of break. You know, I'm, I, I don't need a therapist per se, but I, I, I want one. I seek one out. Me and my wife are in a very unbelievably loving and great spot. Um, but we still, every two weeks, we find it a, a, a huge priority for us um, to make sure that we go see our, our couples therapist. Uh, I see my coach once a week as well from a coaching side and a business side. Um, but from the, the negative um, self-talk that we have, I actually heard, heard, I don't know if this research is correct, that 80% of our thoughts are negative. 95% of our thoughts are reoccurring. So one of my favorite quotes is to get things you've never had, you have to do things you've never done. And so for us to change things in our lives, um, we don't do that by hoping more and wishing more, uh, hoping I have a better relationship or wishing that I would lose weight or hoping that I would get to the, you know, um, have a better, you know, look, look better in the mirror. That doesn't happen by hoping and wishing and dreaming. Okay, it happens by to get things you've never had to do things we've never done. We have to think differently because if we think differently, then we act differently. And so before we can ever change the behaviors and actions of our, of our, of our bodies, we have to change how we think, view, talk to our own selves, I think is obviously the, the starting point to then hopefully cross the finish line. Well, that's awesome. Exactly in line with what I've been reading. And I know in my life, um, you know, I've, I think I'm viewed generally by most people as a positive person. But in our own lives, in our own selves, um, you just don't know all the negativity that's going inside. And I'm, I'm the perfect example of that. I mean, it just um, I'm, for example, doing a podcast, running Spartan races, all these things that I, I push myself to try to start. Yet I still have these. Well, your podcast will never really mount up too much. Well, you'll never be a good obstacle course racer. Well, you, you can't do these things. And it's really amazing to me how those thoughts, and especially as a Christian, you know, being a Christian and believing that God is in control and he loves us as much as he does and he has a plan for us, you would think it'd be easier maybe as a Christian to say, hey, God's in control and we have positive thoughts, but that's so hard. And it actually takes a lot of effort, does it not? It's just something like, it's just like exercising hard for your body. It takes a whole lot of effort to change that, does it not? The quote that I think of, and guys, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach at heart, right? So I have quotes for days, you know, but yeah. um, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Amen. And, you know, and, and so, and you said how hard it is. Um, here's the thing is, 
the right choice and the easy choice usually aren't the same thing. And if you want to take the easy route, ask yourself, how has that been going for you so far? The easy diet, um, the easy quick fix plan, the microwave era, the microwave diet, the easy decisions in your, in your marriage, the easy decisions in your faith, how has that been going for you? Right? And so what happens is we have to reprogram our mind. And actually, I was telling Chuck this right before our call is I was on a call with my PGA golfer just before this. And we talked about, uh, you know, how what you um, what fires together, wires together, you know, in, in our brain. And so we need to rewire our brain to think differently, to act differently. And that is that that's not easy because our brain's job millions and millions and millions of years ago, our brain's job was formed to keep us safe. Don't get eaten by dinosaurs or keep us safe in the cavemen era, whatever that was. That's the brain's job. Our brain's job is not for Chuck or myself or anyone to develop and grow because developing and grow is uncomfortable. Physically and mentally, you cannot grow without getting out of your comfort zone. But the brain's job, is, it's like a constant tug of war of the brain's job wants you to stay safe. Chuck, stay comfortable. Chuck, you don't need to do this. Chuck, you don't need to go work out. Chuck, you don't need to have a cold shower. Why would you do that? You can just stay in the comfort of your own zone. Amen. Right? And so the brain just wants you to stay comfortable. But obviously, there's that constant tug of war. And what you need to do then is, again, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Hey, man, that's great stuff, man. We can talk about that, like you said your quotes and that particularly for days. Literally, as you were thinking about that, a lot of thoughts came to my mind. One of them, I bungee jumped a couple of times. And I tell people, literally, it's like my my mind is literally holding my body back. And my mind is literally saying, this is not safe. Do not do this. You should not do this. And it's just a, an example of, like you said, all the other things your mind tells you, um, which aren't necessarily true. That may be true when you're bungee jumping. But, you know, in this case, you know, getting out and doing more approaches if you're in sales or calling that, you know, that account you've been putting off or starting that podcast or starting that exercise or diet program or reading your Bible more, your mind tells you that that's going to be hard. Let's not try that. Oh, oh, you're so right. I was actually, uh, I have a group call every Sunday and these are anywhere from about 11 year olds to about 20 year olds. Wow. Athletes on the same call on every Sunday and, and, this last, the first thing I said, hey, put in the chat box, what is one uncomfortable thing you did this week? Awesome. And, the, and the, this guy was maybe 13 years old. And he was the first one to respond. It just blew me out of the water. He goes, I took a cold shower every day. And I'm just like, you know what? I, I harp on it and I preach on it. And I've sent them some podcasts on the importance of that. But for a 13-year-old, one, to have the, um, one, just to have the excitement and how proud he was to say, I took a cold shower every day. And there's division one players and collegiate athletes on this call. And they're like, I didn't even do that. So for wow. a 13 year old, you know, and it's the same thing is your body holds you back. As soon as you put your little toe in the cold water, you're like, I don't want to do this. Right. But it's, it's that mindset shift of, um, and I, and I asked him, his name is Dominic. I said, Dom, what did you do? He goes, I focused on my breathing. I did. I focused on my breathing. I didn't focus on the cold water. He goes, then after 20 seconds, I was good. You know, so um, that's just one way of how, again, that that mind, the mind plays that tug of war shift on us all the time. I love that. You know, mindset. I saw something, an article, I think, was it Joe Rogan or somebody maybe that did the the cold bath thing? 
Mm. And he did it the first time. He could only do it for like 30 seconds. And then he did it um, for minutes the next time. And the guy was talking about how it was just simply a mindset. Your mind prepares you. And it's all a mindset. You have to set your mind. And so I've got a long race coming up. And so, you know, if I've got my mindset of, hey, three miles or six miles, it's going to be over. I have to have that mindset in this case. Hey, it's going to be 14, 15 miles. It's a whole different mindset. And in, in is it kind of that easy or kind of give us some examples, maybe some more examples of how you can prepare your mind to achieve more? Man, there's so many things that, that I, I can do, um, you know, but realistically, we're all human. We all want to stay comfortable. Um, we all revert back or default back to our original settings and mindsets that we've had. So we need constant reminders. You know, just just as I'm talking to you, Chuck, I have I have one sticky note right here that says purpose over self. I have one sticky note right here that says no comfort zone. I have one sticky note right here that says be present. I have one sticky note right here that says do right, not easy. I have one sticky note over here that says courage over fear. I have note cards here. I have note cards over here. Um, I have note cards by my, on my bathroom mirrors. Uh, I have alarm clocks that randomly go off throughout the day. Wow. And, and so the thing is, are you going to be a constant roller coaster of, oh, I got, I got, I drank my coffee and I have caffeine high. And then you get this lull. And then all of a sudden we're in a roller coaster effect. Or do we catch it early enough where I had a bad sales call and they said no? But the alarm clock popped off and said, um, you know, hey, how's your energy today? Hey, have you texted your wife today? Um, you know, hey, purpose over yourself. You know, just little reminders to just kind of get us back on track over and over and over and over again, because I'm going to make mistakes just like you. But the thing is, do you set up systems? Do you implement plans and routines in your life that reroute you back into where your moral compass is pointing? Because otherwise, we're going to get lost off track. I like to say it's like bumper bowling, right? I need constant bumpers in my life to just merge me back into the lane that I need to go over and over and over again. Because I'm human just like everybody else. And, but you can put and implement systems. And that's what's so important is the, the discipline to the systems over and over and over and over and over again. Just bump you back on track. I love that. This matches up with most of my listeners right now are in sales. And we talk a lot about having systems. You've got to have systems in your sales business that you follow. This is what you follow, whether it be your individual or if you're a leader of a team, what are your systems that are going to keep you on track? And so you're talking about having a system. We don't hear that as much about having a system or routine for us personally. And you mentioned earlier before we started about an AM, PM routine. Tell us a bit about that because that's big for me. Again, that's something I've never done a great job at. So tell us a bit about having like a morning specific routine or evening specific routine. Yeah, great question. Um, and first of all, I want everyone to understand, implement one thing and one thing only. Um, you know, one of my favorite books I always talk about is, is you know, Tiny Habits, right? With, with BJ Fogg or um, can't think of the other one. I think the other one's Small Habits, but either way. Atomic they, Habits, maybe? Atomic Habits, that's what it is. Thank you. Um, you know, and they talk about the only real way that people can change is those small baby incremental steps. And so just implement one thing. And so for me, that started with, I wanted to meditate, you know, and that was a three to five minute meditation. Right. And then um, once that started, then it was like, okay, let's start a daily devotion. So it went from meditation to daily devotion and then meditation to daily devotion turned into, I wanted to read for 20 minutes every morning and meditation to daily devotion to meditation to now I have, you know, a planner, how I set, how I plan out my day. 
And then that turned into, um, you know, something else, right? But understand, this also took five years of impl implementation. And the wow. reason AMP, AM and PM routines are so important is because, you know, after 8.30 a.m. and after, you know, before 8.30 p.m., you're going to get distracted. You know, your phone's going to go off, you have family time, you have spouses, significant others, whatever that is. So we need to understand, I, I love to say that you can't pour out more than you pour into yourself. You know, and so where are you going to recharge your batteries if you wake up at 8 a.m. and go to bed at 8 p.m. and you have no time other than distractions in your life? So you have to be, like you said, um, disciplined to the consistency of this is where I pour into my myself. This is my me time. I'm selfish as can be in my me time from 5 a.m. to about 8.30 a.m. Don't talk to me. Don't bother me. Like, because um, I like to always say it's like the analogy of a tree. What you see about me right now is what you see above soil, the trunk and the limbs. But what I need to work on is the stem, is the roots that hold me to, together. Because every day, is, every day can get hard. The wind could get bad. The weather could get bad. But as long as my roots are deep and strong because of my faith, my family, my reading, my education, my personal and professional development, my meditation, all that stuff deepens my roots. And so then I can take on the, the day and, you know, outpour to everybody else throughout my day. So I think wow. what's important is to just implement one thing. One awesome. thing, if you like that, move on from that. I love that. That's huge. First of all, both points. You got to have that routine. But second of all, don't try to do everything at once. Oh. You know, people, a good example of that is working out. You know, January, they make these resolutions. They go to the gym, they work out, they're super sore, they don't want to go back and they don't, you know, they try to do it all at once. In sales, we just went to a conference and one of the points I made with the group before we left was, hey, I've got a list. I personally had a list of 50 things I wanted to do because of that meeting. And I said, I can't go back and do those 50. I'm going to pick one or two of these things and do those and then add more as we go. That's so important to really just not think that they've got to get where you are right away. It took you years to get that routine going. Start slow and really grow on that. I love that, man. That's awesome. You know, one um, of the things, um, I'll just say this last thing real quick about let's, let's, let's incorporate the self-talk that you just yeah. talked about um, and, and the morning routine. One of the first things I always implement with my athletes, um, and, and I have guys, as, I have kids as young as seven, eight years old. I have a wow. seven-year-old karate brown belt golfer. She's just a stud. But as early as that age, what I do is I say, take out a note card and just write the words, I am dot, dot, dot. I am okay. that or whatever you can tape that right by your bathroom mirror. Okay. And what you're going to do is every morning when you brush your teeth and every night when you brush your teeth, I want you to focus on yourself. I am confident. I am a leader. I am a, um, I am a great sister. I am a great daughter. I am energetic. I am positive. And you start creating that self-talk um, consciously. Because what that does is that gives them hope to start the day. And every time, and again, it's, it's a little mental trigger for them every time that they see that note card. Just like why I have sticky notes and note cards and alarm clocks, because it's a mental trigger to reroute my brain back to what it should be doing, where I should be locking in on. So just something as simple as implementing I am on a note card or a sticky note, putting that on the bathroom mirror. Wow, I love that. That's awesome. That's huge. 
we could talk about this forever. Um, hopefully we'll get a chance maybe down the road to talk some more. But wanted to get into another point that you mentioned earlier um, before we started was inner circle. And I love that too. I've heard people talking about when you first start your business, it's just you. Have your own board of directors. Um, have your own kind of inner circle. And you mentioned that. So tell us about kind of what, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. Um, first of all, I would say this. Be selfish. And everyone thinks that it that kind of contradicts everything. And, and I just heard on another podcast, I think a few weeks ago, was there's just such a stigma about being selfish. But guess what? I am selfish. I am selfish with who I surround myself with. I am selfish with my time with my spouse. I am selfish with who's important to me and what my time goes towards and my energy goes towards. Um, so you have to understand, you have to protect that inner circle. And I know at the, at the highest level, because I work with NBA players and PGA golfers. And so they, they have so many people that want to be a part of that circle. And one of the, and I've worked with multimillionaires in the NBA world that have now almost bankrupt. And the, the question I will always ask them is, what would you do differently? And every single answer is, I wouldn't trust everybody that, that came into my circle. Wow. So understand that, that what's so important is going back to kind of you can't give out more than you take in is you need these people to um, make sure that they are pouring into you. Make sure that they are recharging your batteries. Make sure that they are a positive you know, answer in your life. Because again, it, I don't even care if it's your parents or your family. If they're, you can love them, but that doesn't mean they need to be a part of that inner circle we can, we can limit the time that we spend with those individuals, the negative, the negative self, the negative talk they have, the negative narrative they give you, um, the negative stories, the negative energy. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to allow you into that, that, that inner circle that I have. So that's my men's groups. Um, that's my coaching mentorship calls that I'm with. That's my, my close friends. And guess what? I've cut off a lot of people in my life throughout the years, but I also look at it as that's okay that I can leave them in the last chapter of my life. Just because they were my best friend when I was 16 and 17 and 18 years old, doesn't mean they need to be my best friend at 34 because there's different chapters that you go through in your life and that's okay. But, but turn the page and move on, move forward with that as well. Now uh, the Bible tells us there are different seasons in our life. You know, and people that are in one season don't necessarily always be a part of future seasons. You know, it doesn't mean they were bad or whatever. Um, just means that was a part of a different season. We can look back and reflect on past seasons. Um, but God puts us into a new season and we grow from those previous seasons. And I love that. And then I'm sure there are some people that you would say are in your would be in your life all the time, but maybe they're toxic for a lack of a better word. And you need to get rid of them no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard. It's very hard. And honestly, let's circle all the way back to the, one of the first things you talked about is that's what therapy does. It's okay to talk to someone else about, hey, I'm struggling with this and I don't really know how to navigate through this situation. And I can't tell you how many times it's my own individual therapist that I've talked to about, even with my own spouse. Hey, how do I navigate through this situation? Or me and my spouse talking to our couples therapist about, hey, our family members are talking about or posting about or whatever it is going on in the country right now, right? And so how do we navigate through this situation? 
you know, and, and most of the time it's not about them. It's about inwardly reflecting on us. The word reflect, like you talked about and um, not so much emotionally reacting, but let's logically respond to things. Um, and the reflection aspect is so powerful. Um, and it's so hard for us to do because we're always so go, 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 go all the time, I think as well. Wow. I love that. So one thing that you keep talking about, I think would be huge to just kind of really hit home with our listeners is that we often feel alone and we think that it's us that has all these negative thoughts. We think that we're, you know, battling this on our own. And what I found out and what you're seem to be telling me is everyone, including very high performing athletes, coaches, people that are doing very well out there in the world that we aspire to be possibly, they have these same battles and maybe what they're doing better is having a coach to help them remind them that they're going to the Lord and they're giving these, these, uh, these negative thoughts to the Lord and then bring in these positive thoughts, but it's everybody that battles these. Let me, let me ask you a few questions, Chuck. Do you have doubts? Absolutely. Do you have insecurities? Absolutely. Do you feel fear? Absolutely. Do you feel uncomfortable? Yes. One of the, <laughs> so here's the thing. Guys, everyone that's listening right now, guess what? Chuck is human, right? And so I heard this quote a few years ago, and it always stuck with me, stuck with me, is that the most successful individuals still feel fear, but they still take action. And wow. there's, there's a huge difference between um, fearless and courageous. Everyone thinks you need to be fearless, you know, watching the, the strongest, mightiest football player on TV, or we just watched the Olympics, right? They're so fearless. No, they're not. I guarantee you that that gymnast before whatever they're going through, before the routine is so scared in the, the stress and the anxiety and the emotions are so high. They're not fearless. They're courageous. They still take action. They still push forward. They still take that next step forward. And so for all of us, we have to understand is that everyone feels fear. Everyone has doubts. Everyone has insecurities. But what successful, actually, I heard this quote as well. Successful people have failed more than unsuccessful people have tried. Wow. I'm going to say that again. because I think it's so powerful. Successful, yes. people, successful people have failed more than unsuccessful people have tried. And so we need to stop worrying about being fearless. And start being courageous. Like Chuck, Chuck started this podcast, not because he was fearless. He was probably very worried. He probably still has insecurities about this. Right. He was courageous. He took the next right step forward. Stop worrying about the finish line. What's the next right step? That's it. Worry wow. Wow. I love that, man. That's awesome. Great stuff. I mean, I really appreciate you being on. I mean, this is one of those episodes that I hope people will listen to several times. And, you know, it's one of those episodes, you probably have some of these podcasts where you mark them and then you maybe go back and listen to them later on. You know, there was one, D Dabo Sweeney uh, was on uh, Ed Milet's show uh, recently. And I forwarded that a bunch of people. That's my best favorite podcast episode of all time. I'll probably listen to that tomorrow, uh, today when I go for a run. But hopefully they can mark this one, man. There's just some really good stuff in here. I appreciate you being on. Hopefully we'll get a chance to have you on again later. Man, I guess we're already done. Time's already flown past. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that for much more hours, man. But I know I truly appreciate it, man. And, um, you know, if there's anything I could ever do for, for you, the listeners, whoever, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm here 
and again, it kind of goes back to, to my mission. It, it's, I don't care about working with NBA players, PGA golfers, executives, whoever. I love my eight-year-old golfer just as much as anybody else, because guess what? She puts in the work and she wants to get better. I love that. Whoever you are, I'm here to just try to help. And, you know, um, and here's the last thing I'll challenge you with as well, Chuck, is one of my mentors says, are you a coach or are you a minister? Stop coaching and start ministering. Stop coaching and start ministering to others, right? Because a coach can give information and give knowledge, but let's minister. Let's lead. Let's, let's, you know, let's lead the next leaders. And so that was so powerful for me when I heard that. And I just wanted to pass that along as well. Wow. That's awesome, man. I love that. I'm going to start, maybe when I, maybe I'll put my, uh, job title as, as minister. I love that man. Minister, not necessarily a coach. That's awesome. I was thinking recently about, you know, I want to speak more. I've had a chance to speak some and I want to start speaking more and there's motivational coaches. And we've been talking about how motivation burns off. You want to be inspired. And so what I was going to start doing, I call myself an inspirational speaker, not a motivational speaker. I want to inspire people to action. I'm sure that's a big part of what you do. I mean, I love this, the calls you have. And like you said, with, the, ch- the children from eight all the way up to 20 and so I mean you're inspiring them and they may not they may be talking to you mostly about a sport but guess what most of them probably won't ever be professionals but yet how it's going to change their lives for the better in other avenues as well as as, as a professional sport mm-hmm. and I love that spot on because a jump shot uh you know a touchdown a strikeout or whatever it is you know, a goal that will fade. What doesn't fade is your discipline, your accountability, your focus, your awareness, your goal setting, your time management skills, your leadership, how, how, you know, your higher standards that you hold yourself to that doesn't fade. Right. And so that's, what's more important than, than um, any accolade or accomplishment that, that an athlete could receive. Wow. That's awesome, man. I have, I try to take notes to put them on my notes for my podcast uh, episode notes. And uh, I'm running out of space on this page. I, I write small too. I got tons and tons of notes. So I won't be able, you know, my, the hardest thing I'm going to do is be able to summarize this podcast for my episode notes. So listeners, be sure you, you, you read those notes because sometimes I do a pretty good job of putting a kind of an outline of some things you can do. But this episode is just going to be too chock full for me to put it all in there, man. This has been great stuff. Anytime you want me on, Chuck, I I had a phenomenal time with you, man. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to get Jeff back again, um, but really enjoyed this. Also, I'll put in the notes a couple of books that were mentioned today, Tiny Habits that he mentioned, um, Atomic Habits, and then also the two that I'm currently reading, Soundtracks and Winning the uh, Battle of Your Mind. I'll put those in the notes as well in case you have a chance to maybe get one of those or more of those books to listen to or read. So, Thank you very much for joining us. And as always, Psalm 1914, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit to Greatness. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcast. This way you'll get great updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. We sure do appreciate it. Signing off from the Grit to Great podcast studio. We'll talk to you next time.